0: Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to the How Human of You podcast. I am your host Chelsea Locklear, and I am delighted to be back at it, to be back in the mix of things. I had a solid two weeks where I was very ill in multiple ways. Uh, I want to spare you the details, J.K. No, I don't. Yeah, I had um, some stomach stuff going on, and then I got hit with something that felt a heck of a lot like bronchitis. So. Still vocally retraining and getting those muscles back <laughs> to where they were before, but praise Jesus! I am so grateful to be well again. Also, I I missed being able to um, I missed being able to process through and release some of this content as well. I've really enjoyed hearing from y'all. Your thoughts, the things that have been challenging to you, the things that you've agreed with that you haven't agreed with, the things that you had more questions on or that caused you to ask yourself some questions and of course, I always love hearing uh, I always love hearing that people are laughing and having a good time and find it enjoyable and even sometimes find it a sweet way to a sweet thing to listen to, a good thing to listen to while doing your normal everyday tasks so. Welcome back. How human of you? How human have you been is really the question. How human have I been? Oh, well, if you're wanting to know that, the answer is only human. (laughs) Anyway, yes. um, If this is your first time listening or your seventh time or some number in between, this is the seventh episode. So that's why the number seven. Welcome. Either way. Welcome. Welcome. I use my hands a lot while talking. So in the video, it's just hands everywhere. Just hands flying. Bam, been working on these bad boys. <laughs> anyway, either way, if you're listening for the first or the seventh time, we start this thing off with some laughs. The three pillars of the show, humility, honesty, and humor. And we always start this show off. We always start this podcast off with a little bit of funny. Without any further ado, I uh, looked up some weird questions, and we're going to see where we land. Question number one. If you could replace all of the grass in the world with something else, what would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. The first thing that comes to mind is Nerd Rope. I think that Nerd Rope is absolutely scrumptious. And whenever I... I say whenever I... Like, I was really, really young when I did this. Recently, within the past five years, I've gone to Dave & Buster's, and with the tickets that I won, I purchased Nerd Rope. I, I think it's actually without fail every time I use those tickets if I don't give them to someone else or that makes me sound like a way better person than I am. I don't, (laughs) if I don't, if I'm with my siblings and I don't give them the rest of my tickets, I at least use some of them for nerd rope because that is what I would replace grass with nerd rope. So we all know that Chelsea should not be making worlds or planets because diabetes is a real thing and that would not be good. That would not be good for people's sugar levels. That's for dang sure. Um, Second question, would you rather own a horse the size of a cat or a cat the size of a mouse? (gasps) Oh my gosh, a horse the size of a cat would be so cute. Also, I think that their bite force would be wildly strong. I would much rather own a horse. I'm not a huge fan of cats. Never really have been a huge fan of cats. They strike me as pompous most of the time. Again, this is my opinion. Most of the cats I've known really don't give a rip if I'm in the room. And I'm like, okay, then why are either one of us in this room? You know, just go exist outside. It sounds terrible out loud, but it's definitely how I feel. (laughs) Next question. You are now banned from the local library. What would be the reason for it? Well, when I was younger, it would probably be because I went into a laughing fit at the most inappropriate time, which I guess in a library, any type of fit with volume attached to it would be poorly timed. Yeah, probably for laughing too much, too loudly. I laugh more when with other people, but I also do laugh by myself. There are lots of things that crack me up, and I'm very I'm I'm pretty reactive sometimes when something catches me off guard. That's my That's my sense of humor, is catch me off guard. Yeah, so if I was in the middle of reading a book and just had a laughing fit, I think I would get kicked out for that. Next question, do people with a stutter also stutter in their thoughts? That is an interesting thought. So, I actually stutter out loud a decent amount, enough to where the people who I talk to on a regular basis have definitely heard it. It's not all the time. It's not even often. It's just enough that the people closest to me definitely have made fun of me for it several times. I do not stutter in my thoughts. I only stutter when my mouth can't keep up with my thoughts. That's my personal experience with stuttering. Or tripping, fumbling over your words. Whatever you want to call it. But I'm curious if if we have any people who really wrestle with st- with stuttering. I almost just stuttered just then. Oh my goodness. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I wonder if uh, anybody who stutters that's listening, do you stutter in thought as well? Or is it just your mouth being unable to keep up with your brain? Because sometimes our brains be fast. Sometimes our brains be fast. Okay. I um, actually think that that is a solid transition into a couple thoughts for the day. So speaking of our brains being fast, I've been thinking a lot lately how quickly my brain results to worry and is comfortable in worry, not because worry is comforting, but because it is familiar. And I have been processing quite a bit about how the familiar is not always good actually anything familiar is not immediately good i I really desire to be submissive in those in those thought patterns and processes i want this mind to be bestly wired (laughs) and there's a lot of things to undo and reorganize reshape reshift and i'm so grateful um to know god because i i believe that's part of the healing process in my life is uh God, re- helping rewire those pathways because those things are shifted by all sorts of events and especially by pattern, familiarity, right? You do the same thing over and over and over again. Your brain's like, that's the only way to do that thing. And that's just, that is hardly ever true. Oh, I forgot to bring snacks in here. It's fine, I'm committed. I sat down, I'm not getting up. Unless someone that I love walks through the door, in which case I will get up. That's the only way. And in, in thinking about those, those quick worries, those things that, your brain results to very quickly. I want to I want to talk out loud about some of the things that I've recently been very quick to do or recently recognized that I'm pretty fast to do. And it's amazing to me how my brain's like, yeah, you do it quick, that makes it efficient. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can do a really bad thing really quickly that doesn't make it efficient unless you are trying to be efficiently bad <laughs> or efficiently unhealthy, in which case, like, good job. Do you want a high five? No, we don't. We're not, we're not celebrating being efficient if it's not healthy or strong or good, you know? A lot of my worrying is in two areas. It's in um, perception and relationship and peace and relationship. And then the other side is, am I where I should be? which like who knows the answer to that question nobody it's really it's a it's an internal judgment on my part for sure and in regards to the the being quick to worry about relationship even in even in most recent events with people that i love i find myself worrying about what we have talked about worrying about what we haven't talked about yet worrying about what i don't know worrying about what i don't understand and often I will I will have conversations with people in my mind where I fill in the space for them where I would normally be asking a question. I assume their answer. Verbally processing with the Lord for me is so helpful, especially before hard conversations. However, filling in the gap for that person is controlling. And then I walk into the conversation when it actually happens in real life and the person standing in front of me if I've already been filling in gaps for them like how am i supposed to receive who they are in that moment if i've created them to be some sort of monster or argumentative person in my in my spare time it's just super unhelpful but this is something that i developed from a very young age because i felt like i couldn't talk to people i had strong conflict with because not not because i couldn't talk about hard things but because the the depth i felt things seemed dramatic to some of my family And so when I would want to talk about things, it was too loud. It was too fast. It was too, it was too something. It was too much overall. Or there were even times I got in trouble for not saying enough, right? And so there was never this allowance for me to just be where I was. And therefore I learned how I, I, I tried to memorize how I would be most acceptable in conversation and then. I carried that into adulthood (laughs) and I, I wasn't aware of that. It wasn't this conscious decision of like, okay, for the rest of my life, I am always going to try and predict what people say so I can preserve or okay, the rest of my life, I'm going to make sure that I practice conversations. So I'm always acceptable in how I present myself. Like I didn't consciously think those things. Come on now. Ain't no way. I wasn't, I wasn't that aware. What I knew when I was a kid is that I wanted to be pleasing and I wanted to be acceptable. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be seen. Every kid wants and needs those things. I didn't just want them, I needed them. And feeling like I couldn't have them meant I had to put those needs on the back burner in order to be accepted, right? And so ergo, hello, I am Chelsea and I <laughs> becoming aware of this today means that there is uh, decades of, decades of years of doing def- doing things in a way that was familiar and comfortable for me that's where that's where the worry stems from um i think a lot of a lot of the worry is thinking that people are just going to leave or not listen or not see me or not understand me because i will be too much or not enough saying that out loud honestly sits really well not because i like that that's true More because it's good to know where I am, rest in the things that I'm supposed to rest in, be still for a minute when I'm supposed to be still and led to stillness by God, but move forward when I'm led to move forward because I know where I am. So recognizing that in relationships recently has given worry a very recognizable face. (laughs) And I wasn't aware of how quick I was to worry, nor would I have defined it as worry before. But now I know that I have... I have quite a bit of anxiousness and tension in me a lot of times in regards to how I present myself in relationships. This doesn't mean that I'm not myself or that I feel like um, nobody likes me. It doesn't translate like that in my head. It's more in regards to conflict. That's what it is. On a normal day-to-day level, like I feel like I can just exist and it's really sweet But whenever conflict, whether of interest, decisions, when it comes to bigger conflict, especially when I feel like I've been ignored, misunderstood, or I've asked for something specific and what was done was the exact opposite, like blatantly. When it comes to those types of conflict where I'm directly impacted, I've noticed that I become very worrisome um, and introspective and I'm very, like it's almost immediate Coming to recognize that recently has been helpful because there's the challenge of once once you become aware, once I've become aware, I'm now presented with the opportunity and the challenge, both of those things, feels very much so more like a challenge. But every time these conflicts arise, I'm presented with an opportunity and the challenge of communicating to the other person, hey, this is really difficult and I would like to talk to you about this do you have space for this right now? I feel like I have a need I would like to discuss with you. Um, or I've there's really something I would love to understand more that uh, feels like I need to understand about what you said or what you did. And then giving the, other, giving the other person the opportunity to either accept the relational invite of a conversation or to say, I can't handle that right now um, or I don't want to, or I'm not ready. Uh, I have found it to be very eye-opening, and super helpful in not feeling so stuck in myself. And my worry likes to cycle. It's a rinse and repeat type deal. There, There's not normally these profound thoughts that lead me out <laughs> of that of that worry pattern, of that worry circle. That's why I call it an opportunity to have the relational aspect returned instead of trying to fill in the void for someone else. It's harder to be stuck with someone else whenever they actually... Uh, Like they do love you and they want to work through those things when they actually look at you and they they prove a lot of the lies wrong Like there's a lot of conversations recently. I didn't realize this but I was afraid of being left And someone sits across the table from me and they stay in the middle of a hard moment They literally prove my fear in that moment wrong and a lot of that stuff is retrospect a lot of those moments are afterwards. I, I reflect back on the conversation. I'm like, wow, I was really afraid they would leave and they stayed. Look at that. So I've been talking to a couple people recently about building evidence for the case of where God is leading you to be is true. I believe that God has spoken to me. He wants to heal me. And I thought I knew what that meant at the time. I did not. And it is, oh, it's so multifaceted. It's wild. And it is an adventure. And it's super painful. And I'm really grateful all of those things I feel all that every day i'm I'm experiencing these things, whether by myself or with people I'm in deep relationship with. I'm discovering that these conversations contain the healing elements that I need. That's what I mean by building evidence of where God has said He's leading you to, which is like God said he wanted to heal me. and I'm having all these conversations and moments in relationship where, The lies that I believed before are being obviously proved wrong. And so there's this moment of choice of like, hey, that was a lie. Are you going to continue to walk in that? And now I get to say, no, God, what truth do you have to replace that space? Like, what did you design that space to be filled with? I'm sorry that I bought that lie for so long. Worry seems to want to build this case as well. I, I imagine a lot of things in the style of a courtroom. It happened when I was like 22. This woman talked to me about a story of um, thinking of heaven like a courtroom. And so ever since then, I've kind of thought of life that way as well. The things that whisper worry to me try to build a case against what God has told me to do. The things that whisper worry often want me to doubt what God has already said or what he's asked me to be hopeful in what's to come. The things that whisper worry often build cases against my stillness with him. Like these are the list of reasons why you shouldn't be still. Worry's trying to build a case all the time. And discovering that has been wonderful because I I like to think in polarities, right? I think that's pretty natural for a lot of people, which is if worry's trying to build a case, okay, is anybody else, you know? And the truth is that there is a stack Of evidence in my life when I really reflect about that God has never left and he's never forgotten anything he said to me ever and there is a stack of evidence why worry is unhelpful and um, how peace has always been attained and how peace really is in a person it is a person and that it's ever present always available because Jesus is always available that's been that's been a big one recently um, and then also the other side of worry, like I said before, um, am I where I should be? Um, should I be further along? You know, I'm 31, and I thought I would be in a very different place in my life, both in a good way and a way that I don't like. But it's not necessarily bad. It's just I don't enjoy it. You know, I I was imagining being married and having three kids by now. Um, didn't really care where I lived, honestly. I was hoping it wouldn't be too hot because uh, I was raised in what I like to call, um, the enemy's armpit, which is West Palm beach, Florida. And it was so hot all the time. Anyway, I didn't care where I was. Um, but I, that's where I was thinking I would be and would be turned into should be. And that internal judgment has really hoped to strip away my contentment and my delight in the things I currently have because of the things that I don't have right now. And Worry loves to live there, loves to. Control likes to live there too. So I actually wrote a poem about this specific part where Worry likes to try to uh, be a, a quick and familiar, not even resolve, but that's how, kind of how it feels. Worry's tried to be a very familiar voice. Um, Worry has been a familiar voice in this area, and this is where it's tried to prove Like, Hey, I'm, I'm the truth that you need. I'm, (laughs) I'm what you want just because I'm familiar. And I'm like, nah, bro. Like you're not what I want. You're just what I know. So no worry is not what I want. Worry is what is familiar. Peace is what I want. Love is what I want. Being understood is what I want. Being able to rest is what I want. I don't actually want worry. It's just familiar. So, um, been really praying and asking the Lord for effective measures to take what are mature spirit-filled steps to take towards peace and away from worry because you can't control when worry pops its head up I don't think that worry is just a feeling I actually think it's a principality it's like a, a spiritual presence that wants you to be removed from believing that God is actually with you and that he cares in that moment um, it wants evidence to look skewed against God instead of for him. So I think it's actually a principality. I don't think it's just a feeling. I think it's identifiable by a feeling. Um, but I wrote, I wrote a poem about, um, not being so consumed with where you think you should be or who you thought you should have been by now, but really being present in the moment and allowing yourself to be defined by God's terms, allowing yourself to be defined by God's terms, by God's words. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I found I found these words to be super sweet and they they definitely checked my heart and my mind. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, you ready? Okay. This poem is called Maple Tree. I saw a small pine cone in a maple tree. I shook my head in disbelief. I'm no master of botany, but I know pine cones aren't made by maple trees. I squinted as I looked up again. A light bulb clicked by my subtle friend wisdom whispered with gentle wit. Some seeds are scattered by the wind, and at times they are caught above the dirt. To reach the right ground feels like work. I caution you against landing and staying in a maple tree, for the ground is the goal. The dirt's your destiny. That's the place of death, which then leads you to life. That's the location where trees find out their kind. And you, my little seedling, have far more to be than a stuck little pine cone thinking she's fruit of a maple tree. That came from being on a walk on a fall day, literally looked up. It was, it was my neighbor has my favorite maple tree in the neighborhood. Absolutely breathtaking. It looks like a sunset orange. It's gorgeous. And I look up and there's a pine cone stuck in it. And I was like that. I, I actually, for a second, I was like, oh, wait, shoot. I thought that was a maple tree. Why is there a pine cone in it? <laughs> and the truth was that it had just gotten stuck, it had just gotten blown in that location, but that didn't make it part of the tree just because of its location. And so thinking through the worry that likes to present itself to me in are you where you should be? Are you? Are you actually where you should be? Which that question doesn't actually need to be scary. It's only scary if you think you know the answer already. Like a lot of questions are only scary because we answer them immediately and we don't let ourselves into that space because it feels so dark. But it's only dark because you haven't adventured in there yet. As soon as you walk into a room, if you've got a candle in hand, bro, that, that room is lit. Every space I investigate, I carry the light of the world in my heart. And so that means I don't have to be afraid of the dark. I've got light within me. God made it that way. He made his home in me. So you know that question, are you where you should be? It really depends on what you think you're destiny is. For me, I believe that my destiny, the greatest goal, my purpose in life is to know my God who I believe made me from the very beginning and to know his heart so well and be changed by my knowledge and relationship with him to be more like him. Uh, The writer of Colossians says to be brought back into the original likeness. Like that's, that's what that's what I believe my destiny is. And so am I where I should be is really only a question answerable by the Lord. Because a lot of times I've noticed when I feel stuck in a place I don't think I should be, I've actually been placed there and I'm just extremely uncomfortable. And for some reason, that's a harder thing to admit. God, I'm just uncomfortable. Why? Because I want to be I want to be comfortable sometimes. My flesh doesn't like for things to be hard, but my spirit loves to grow, (laughs) which requires hard things. (laughs) Uh, I don't like, I don't like how, uh, how easy it is to slip into discontentment because of the word should. I should be this way. Things should look this way. It really does strip away contentment. And that is something I want to grow away from. And you know what that requires? (laughs) Well, I'm learning it requires me to be in it. It requires situations where I'm familiar with being discontent to pop up so the durability of the bridge that's being built can be tested so that the muscles that are being grown can test out their strength. So in order for me to know if I'm content, areas where I'm normally discontent need to pop up That's what I've learned about myself. I've seen it be true in other people's life as well. There are so many things in life that I am genuinely enjoying right now. And sometimes my brain wants to circulate anywhere else. Probably because I don't like loose ends and I want all the answers to the piece of the puzzle. At least my brain does and wants to understand everything. But that's not where my piece is. Not really. Not truly. I've had a I've had another quote that's been rolling around in my brain. Perception is powerful. How much do you bend to it? How we interpret the world, that's our lens, right? And that lens, that perception, dramatically affects our reaction to things that happen. Another thought that's been rolling around my brain is that I would like to be I would like to be sure of little and curious of much. I would like to live my life that way. I actually think that that is the quality of someone who remains young, even whenever they age in years. Someone who remains humble and teachable. I want to be sure of little and curious of much. Even in this process, thinking about how quick worry likes to infiltrate and is so familiar, I'm not sure that that's the best way. I'm very curious what is the best way. That has led me to the Lord every time. My favorite way I believe God communicates with me is through questions and that's also my favorite way to communicate with others is to ask questions. I love that. So the past couple of weeks have been full of a lot of difficult questions. And truthfully, after asking God, am I where I should be? I believe the answer is yes. And coupled with the answer yes, is, God, I am also very uncomfortable. But if this is the place where character grows, I only want to leave when you say to go. And that is a song lyric waiting to happen. (laughs) Oh, straight facts. I'm super curious. What types of things have you guys been thinking through lately? What worries try to present themselves to you on a regular basis to distract your contentment from the current moment? Yeah. What are some common worries for you? Um, doesn't matter if they're common for everybody else. What are some worries that present in a circular motion in your brain on a regular basis? You know, what are some, what are some patterns that you've been able to identify in your mind, um, that really distract you from being content from being present Truthfully, I wish you were in the room to answer now, but I do trust that I'll get a couple responses and texts of things people have been thinking through. I think the most human part of this episode is, listen, if worry presents itself to you a lot, you are not alone. And it's not without reason that it presents itself. I think that worry can be a signal that there is someone to rest in, and it would like to take you away from that rest. I think that worry can be a signal of, something you really need to talk to God about, something that you really need to talk to a friend or a family member about that are, I don't think our response to worry should be to isolate. I think it should be to talk to God and then to, if it's it's in regards to another person, would be to communicate with them and ask them for their side of things. Yeah, man, what are you guys sure of this week? And what are you curious of this week? It's another question that comes to mind. Shoot me a text, let me know, I'd love to hear. Love learning about you guys and hearing what you're thinking through, praying through. Listen, I genuinely pray you stay blessed and that you continue to give God your yes and that you go in nothing but peace. Have an awesome rest of your day, night, whenever you chose to listen to this. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.